This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 2nd of June in your Squiz Today, a growing economy in challenging times. Warnings of an energy crisis for Australia. Johnny Depp wins his defamation case. And the platy-jubes kicks off. This is your Squiz Today. The Bureau of Statistics has released the national accounts for the January to March quarter. We get to see how the economy is tracking and it's growing, Claire, with a growth rate of 3.3% for the year. It's better than was expected, especially considering COVID and the flooding we've seen on the East Coast. Despite that, new Treasurer Jim Chalmers wasn't exactly jumping for joy, though. No, he wasn't. He did say that there's some pleasing elements to what was reported yesterday, uh, including that there's good demand in the economy, which means that we're out and about and we're buying stuff and going to restaurants and actually spending money. Uh, Also, he said the tight labour market uh, is something else. And that's because, uh, of course, we know that unemployment rates are low at the moment and pretty much anyone who wants a job has one. But he did say that there's there's a lot of concerns in the economy and he really is talking up the difficult job that he's inherited from the coalition government. Uh, what he says he's focusing on is very high inflation rates, uh, also the spikes in energy and fuel prices, uh, falling real wages, there's interest rate hikes and there's also very high levels of government debt. So yeah, he's got a few things on his plate. (laughs) And while the challenges facing the economy are very real, there's a bit of politics in Chalmers' assessment. Yeah, there is. Of course, it's the job of a new government to just make sure that everyone knows that it's a really difficult job that they have to do. Uh, And of course, the thinking then goes that if something improves, then you're seen as a genius pretty instantly. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. look, if it doesn't go so well, you've at least explained to people that things were bad and you can point to the other mob as the ongoing difficulties. But when it comes to Australia's economy, while the analysts say that things are in pretty good shape given the times, there are some real challenges and they're challenges that the Albanese government are going to have to face, even though they're not going to be responsible for a lot of the factors that are driving a lot of these concerns. Things like the war in Ukraine that are spiking those energy prices and also food prices and things like soaring inflation, which, you know, some of the inputs into that are things like the global supply chain issues as we come out of the pandemic. But yeah, there's a lot of things going on. That is for sure. And none of them very easy to fix. Overall, perhaps a bit of expectations management from the new treasurer. We are certainly in some challenging economic times. Narrowing in on the energy situation now, the wholesale energy costs are set to increase further next month. They're already sky high. Experts are warning that Australia is on the edge of an energy crisis. An energy crisis is something that's been talked about quite a bit across the world this year. 
Of course, the war in Ukraine is something because Russia supplies a lot of oil and gas into the market in Europe. And because Australia is a global player, of course, what affects the world affects us. Uh, That is because the prices of coal are really spiking, as well as the price of gas. Of course, Australia is a big exporter of both. But when it comes to generating our own electricity, we need to buy those products as well to fire up the energy uh, generating assets. So it's a whole thing at the moment. Also, there are issues around gas supply. Uh, Because we do export quite a bit, quite often we leave ourselves short. Uh, So there's some questions coming down the line there too. With soaring wholesale energy costs, it's expected to further squeeze already tight household budgets and impact on smaller retailers. A spokesperson for the Australian Energy Council says that the best thing that consumers can do is shop around for the best deals on the government's Energy Made Easy website. And of course, after reading all of this yesterday, that's exactly what I did. I got myself a better electricity deal, so go for it. It is on my to-do list today. We haven't talked much about the Senate results from the election as yet. Claire, a bigger voting paper means a bit more of a lengthy counting process, but we are starting to get a picture of how the Red House will shape up. Yeah, there's still a bit to shake out because there's a few tight races there that they really need to continue the count. But what it seems at the current rate is that the coalition is set to have 33 senators, which will make it the biggest party in that 76-seat upper house. Say that three times fast, (laughs) (laughs) 76-seat. It's not a majority for the coalition. So unless they can get support from the crossbench, they can't really do much to obstruct Labor's legislative agenda. Uh, Labor are set to have about 26 seats and the Greens are looking to have 12. And then when you look across the crossbench, there's people like David Pocock, who's an independent. There's Tasmania's Jackie Lambie, who looks like she's got an extra seat. So two Jackie Lambie aligned people in the Senate. Uh, And we still don't know if Pauline Hanson has got over the line in Queensland. So there's never a dull moment. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief about what happens in the Senate. Before we move off politics, something that's likely to come up a lot is the Uluru Statement from the Heart. A promise to implement it was one of the first things that new Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said. So we get across it in this week's Shortcut, Claire. Yeah, we do. It sounds like quite a big thing, uh, but actually when you dive into it, there's a couple of things to know about. So we make it really simple to understand exactly what it's all about. Getting you across that context and background. Search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app to find that episode. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Johnny Depp has won his defamation case against ex-wife Amber Heard. The result has just come in, Claire. It's been a messy six-week trial. Yeah, it's been a big one, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. What the jury has awarded Johnny Depp is $10 million in compensatory damages, also $5 million for punitive damages. What they found is that Amber Heard, when she wrote uh, that 2018 Washington Post op-ed where she said that she was a public figure representing dementia, 
domestic abuse, that that did defame Depp, that it was false and malicious, and that it did specifically reference him, even though she didn't name him in that piece. As for Heard, uh, the jury found that Depp's lawyer did defame her in one of the three occasions that she had referenced, uh, and she's been awarded $2 million in compensatory damages. It's been a long trial. There's been graphic accusations of emotional and physical abuse by both sides, claims which they both deny. As we say, this has all just happened, so stay tuned for a lot more to come on this one today. Being married and being the President of the United States and the First Lady is sure to come with a few challenges. In an interview with Harper's Bazaar, First Lady Jill Biden has lifted the lid on how you get your bickering done when you're surrounded by Secret Service agents. (laughs) What she said to Harper's Bazaar is that when they're fighting, uh, they do it via text message. They call it fixting. Uh, I assume (laughs) that means fight texting. (laughs) The downside to that, which she needs to be reminded of, is that uh, now that he's the president, his messages are all officially logged uh, for the record. So down the track, some freedom of information search will no doubt turn over a whole lot of domestic disputes being played out. That's uh, that's what you call a clincher in an argument, I think. (laughs) You can't call me that. They'll be digging it out in years to come. (laughs) Squiz the day. Claire, what are you taking note of today? When we get towards the end of today, the big Platinum Jubilee celebrations start uh, in the UK. They're having that four-day long weekend to really cover things off. The Trooping of the Colour is on tonight. And in fact, you can tune in to Channel 7 from 8.30 tonight and see all of that. Uh, Lots of questions about whether the Queen will make it. Uh, Certainly the plan is that she'll be on that famous balcony of Buckingham Palace Mm. watching all of that military display. Uh, I like that there's now a nickname for what's happening over the coming days. Apparently, the hot term is it's the platy jubes. Oh, the platy jubes. going on. So let's go. <laughs> I feel like an Australian is the one that came up with that somehow. <laughs> yeah, we do like shortening things up. Today is officially the 69th anniversary of the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II in Westminster Abbey. So that's why the celebrations are kicking off. Four days of tea, corgis, royals, concerts, merch. It's all happening. But yes, you can tune in to the Trooping of the Colour tonight. That's all from us today. Have a good one and we will be back with you tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when a, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is... 
a lot of what the treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and and other organisations. So you know there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed handled in an appropriate appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.